But that cognitive reframing is so powerful. And when I speak to like middle schoolers, just so that they can understand it a little bit better, I tell them, yeah. you know, let's say your thoughts are like, let's say there's a, there's a, there's their jelly bellies, you know, let's say that you have a strawberry grape, whichever flavor you like. And then there's that booger flavor. And <laughs> you tell yourself, you know what, if you're eating that booger flavor jelly belly, what are you going to do? And they're like, I just spit it out. And I'm like, yeah. So what do you do with the booger flavored thought? I spit it out. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> magic uh, you can do that just just eliminate it just like that um so i always like to use like little analogies that are a little bit simple you know you, you say booger it's funny because kids are like this they're like uh booger, like, booger? booger? Boogers. <laughs> so it's, it's, it catches them off guard especially even to the ones that don't pay attention you know it's like oh, Okay. What, did he, what did he just say? What did he just say? Did, he say did, anybody hear, did anybody hear what he just said? I wasn't paying no. attention. Like, was he talking about boogers? Why are you talking to me? I eat my boogers, you know what's going on. Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you've joined us. Today's guest is Andres Ruiz. Uh, man, this conversation was long overdue. Um, uh, our previous opportunity to have a conversation when we were originally scheduled, um, um, Andres had um, a loss in his family and one of his mentors. And um, he called and he, he's going to explain kind of how that day happened. And it was I was really sad. I was really you know looking forward to having this conversation. And then right away, I was like, oh, man, with empathy and heart, just making space and in this conversation, you're going to hear a man who is going to tell you about some things he's been through. You know, um, this this conversation is probably sensitive for, you know, young audiences. He's going to talk about drugs and and drug use and alcohol. And um, and I think that that is sometimes challenging for people to hear, but it's real. It's a man telling about his journey of finding himself through the pain of what he was trying to escape from. And I hope that we make time and more space for more men to be able to take off those emotional masks. I hope that you are finding ways in your life to find people who you can begin sharing what's happening behind the mask. We so appreciate you for being a part of this movement with us. As we get closer to the end of the year, we hope that you will continue being a part of this journey with us. Please make your mask 100kmasks.com. And we look forward to that journey with you um, as we continue this work as we move into the second year of the Taking Off the Mask podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey with us. Please enjoy today's episode. I'm so excited to be connected with Andres. We actually had scheduled this conversation a little while back and, you know, life came and life uh, showed up in a big blaze uh, and we had to reschedule it. So I'm really glad we finally get to have this conversation before the end of 2021. Um, and so, Andres, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you, first of all, for being there for me in that challenging moment for, for me where, you know, I, I mentioned to you that my uh, good friend and mentor, uh, Enrique Feldman, had just passed away that same day we were going to do the podcast. I'd say 30 minutes before I was going to do the podcast, and I was just so heartbroken. I just could not even think, you know, and I called you and... I appreciate you holding the space for me, you know, another man holding the space for me when I was dealing with 
some challenging moments with my emotions and you held the space for me, man. I love you for that. And, uh, you know, you're just there, man. And, and it, right at that moment, I just didn't know what I was going to do. And, and, uh, you just told me it's all right, man, I'm holding the space for you, for you to cry. And I just broke down crying, man. And, and it felt good to cry, uh, especially just in that moment. So, you know, I just want to say thank you for being there for me in, in, in that moment, man. I really, oh man, I, I just love you for that. Like, I really do. Thanks, man. Man, thank you. Thanks for letting me do that. I know sometimes, you know, as men, we can be like, no, I don't, I don't need, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, we, we, we shoot people off. Right. And even when it's deep down, probably the things we want the most, but are somehow we get, we get bought into a system that says we're not supposed to want it. And I, I'm glad that you were, that we had known each other at least enough that you were willing to let me just be there. And I think I just, I grabbed a bun, I grabbed some sage out of the office and I went outside and I burned some and I sent you a video of a picture of, of me burning sage, right? Just yeah, as a way man. of, yeah. I mean, it means everything to different people, but for me, it's just a way of just kind of getting present, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and just like, hmm, just let that aroma of those, of that earth, of that plant, of that medicine, just just take hold. And I couldn't, I couldn't send the, the smell of vision through the phone to you, but <laughs> I think the, the video at least let it be seen that, okay, there's some, yeah. there's some energy being sent your way, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, I'm man. glad. Thank yeah, you for thanks, that, bro. man. Appreciate you. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I think, you know, a lot of times also, you know, you could have just been like, hey, I can't make it. I got something came up, but you were you let me in. Right. And it's one way of really knowing that we, you know, our, we get to connect deeper. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you yeah. know what let me uh, what why I let you in is because you have let me in into your world where you're not ashamed to share what, you know, you've gone through and. I knew that I was in a safe space. You're a man that uh, is emotionally intelligent, that is aware of his emotions and is aware that it's okay to cry. It's okay to be vulnerable and say, you know what, man, I'm not okay. And because you were that per- person and uh, and I already knew you, I haven't really talked to you too many times, but I feel like I can trust you with more of my personal things than I would do any family or friends because you give me that safe space and because you you're in this personal development type of work and we at, in this personal development work, as soon as you meet somebody that's a complete stranger, man, you can just open up to them so easily because we're on the same journey on the same path. And that's just a beautiful thing to be around. And um, not too many people get the opportunity to share that stuff because they keep all this emotion bottled up. They're 60, 70 years old, still struggling with their emotions and unfortunately some people take those emotions with them to the grave and it's sad to live away like that way because those emotions that we suppress they cause a lot of illness they cause a lot of people to end up um you know dying because of it heart mm. broken hearted uh i mean heart disease diabetes all these things that can happen to us because of all that all those suppressed emotions that yeah. we never just say hey man can i just talk can i just vent you know yeah. what i mean it's just yeah it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing, man. I like when you said the word vent. I think that's one of the things that we do in our, um, you know, we, we, we're already jumping in, but let me let me say this because it's really beautiful. That's the way it happens, right? Um, that the opportunity to vent, like what sometimes we're told, man, why are you complaining about stuff, right? When we need to vent. Sometimes the venting is just kind of like a, like, like a pot, kind of like 
if you didn't have a vent, you would create a pressure cooker, which is almost like a, a, a bomb, <laughs> literally, right? And you create that pressure in your body, into your heart, into your soul. And what happens when you store it up? Well, it's coming out eventually. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, it will come out eventually, right? And if anybody's ever opened up a pressure cooker before it was ready, you know. And if you've ever, <laughs> um, if you've ever opened up a radiator before you oh. let, you know, you know, like yeah. I've, I've seen many different things at times. Have you ever opened up a soda that you were unexpected, had just <laughs> shook up, right? There's many different scenarios where you can open up something before it's ready. It's kind of like people telling you, hey, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. And you're like, I don't want to talk about it right now. I don't want to talk about it right now. And they're like, well, let's talk about it right now. We're going to talk about it right now. Mm-hmm. And then it turns into something that it wasn't meant to be because we needed our chance to go and rest, right? Yeah. We needed our chance to go and re, re, recoup our energy. And we needed to process our thoughts in order before we could speak them. But we were forced to talk them out before we were ready. And sometimes people think they're doing it because they want to know the answer right then. But we're not, we're not, we haven't processed it yet. Mm-hmm. We're still trying to navigate how we feel about it. And yet, since we need, we do that inside, mm-hmm. as many men do, um, not all, but many, then when people are trying to take a, make us talk about it before we're ready, it's going to come out sideways, left ways, up ways, back ways, wrong ways, <laughs> oh, bad ways, right? Like, we're like, yeah. yeah, I told you, I told you I needed to think. I told you I need some time to think, right? And it may have been a two days. It may be 48 hours. It may be a week. Man. That- I think that... That's so powerful, man. Thank you for sharing that. And that reminds me of a, a speech that I gave today about mental illness. I spoke to some healthcare providers that deal with a lot of stress and de- deal with a lot of suppressed emotions. And this lady just came out and just said, because I tell my story about how I went through uh, in high school through suicidal thoughts and cutting and mm. all these experiences that I had. And this lady felt like she needed to speak up and she spoke up and she said, you know what? My son right now, he's struggling. Uh, He's Mm. told me that he wants to kill himself. He's 16. My daughter, who's 12, is also going through this struggle, and she wants to kill herself as well. And when, when, when she told me this, she broke down crying because you could tell that this is a very hardworking Latina who is constantly suppressing emotions because I've seen it personally. And I was actually speaking to my hometown in Nogales, Arizona. Mm, And, um, you know, these people, they really resonated with my story, how I suppress a lot of emotions because I was a macho man. And there's a lot of macho women too, you know? And this woman, you could tell that she was struggling to just let this out. And you could tell that she had been holding on to these emotions for such a long time. And I told her, thank you for sharing this with us. Mm. And thank you for taking care of yourself. By sharing this information, I told her, how do you feel right now? She says, I feel a relief. Like, I feel like um, I finally let something go that I've been keeping inside. But I just felt like I couldn't share with anybody because I was just like worried, you know, and about maybe what people might think or say about her or that, you know, she's supposed to be the strong woman. You know, she's a strong Mm -hmm. Latina, just like her grandmother, just like her mom. They went through it and they got they were all right. But were they really all right? I don't think so. You know, but we put on a mask like you mentioned, and we put this mask like everything is all right on the inside. But behind that mask, there's that depression, that anxiety, that suppressed emotion that we've been holding on for weeks, months, years, a lifetime. And it's time for people to start speaking up. It's all right if you if you talk about your challenges. It's all right to talk about your emotions. There's nothing wrong with that. And this Mm. woman, I mean, it was just so beautiful to hear her. And you could tell she was like in her 40s and just a strong woman, but she felt like, you know what, this is the time I need to speak up. So it was just a beautiful thing to experience myself and to hold that space for her 
and right. listen to her right. was just so cool, man. Especially like, you know, there was friends there and some people then started to open up. Yeah. You know what? Um, I'm having challenges with this and it, it gives, it holds the space for everybody else to say, you know what? I'm not all right too. And that's okay. Yeah. And you know, so first of all, everyone, as you can tell, like sometimes these shows just jump in before they jump in. So welcome. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> like welcome. Right. That, that's exactly how it's supposed to happen. I think the beauty of these conversations is that sometimes people are having these for the first time and sometimes people come on the show who've been having them and we get to just go a little deeper. So before we go any deeper, because we are already like fully in the show already, <laughs> can you just introduce yourself? Tell folks who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and we're already in, so we, we're already yeah. we're already deep <laughs> in. So just so you know, that you are already here on the show. But I want to make sure that people know who you are, and they get a chance to like, because uh, they've already felt your energy. You already been you already been coming through the through the through the through the voice and through the ears and the heart right now. But let's um tell them who you are, and then let's let's jump in even deeper. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. So my name is Andres Ruiz. I am a motivational speaker and a life coach. And I speak to a lot of youth. I speak to a lot of youth about mental health uh, because I, at one point in my life, dealt with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, cutting. And uh, I tell my story. I like to tell my story to the, to the youth and share with them because um, I feel like uh, right now I'm on a mission and that's to save lives. And so that right there, that's that's who I am. And I'm just a, a person who's trying to, you know, make help these young lives. Uh, so that, you know, we don't have any more casualties by suicide or, or any type of self-harm or anything like that. So, you know, I, I'm plain and simple. I'm here to save lives. Man, thank you. And and I guess, you know, this is not really an interview. So I, I think we're going to make our mask. But I, I would love to at some point either come back to this or we can start with this. Like, when did you get to a place where you could tell that story? Like, you know, I think. People who are, who are in that place in life, I mean, I guess one of the, maybe even a precursor to when you could talk about it, how did you get out of it? How did you break free from those those thoughts and feelings? And I think that, you know, as I as I watch more content that gets produced out there, I got to be careful, right? Because when you start watching videos of these things happening around the world, which and they're, they're happening all the time, the algorithm will send you more of them. And I start to wonder, is it, happening more often or are we just learning about it more often i don't know the answer to that question but i i guess i'll ask just changing the format a little like how did you maybe the mask will be maybe we should do the mask first and then come to this question but you you tell me how you want to do it um like how did you how were you able to as a young man hold on in the midst of all of this stuff that was happening how did you where did you find the strength to hold on and, and push through? Yeah. So for me, uh, I know that up until my, uh, like when I got out of high school, um, I, uh, I was having some struggles with, you know, with emotions and sharing my emotions with people and also didn't know what I wanted to do with my life getting out of school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, man, I just, I'll be a dentist. And really, I didn't want to be a dentist, but my family was like, oh, you want to be a dentist? <sighs> Good job. And I was like, oh, it makes them proud. I'm going to do it. And I really didn't want to do that. So then I started to, you know, just like not go to class. And then I started drinking. I started, uh, you know, doing drugs. And and then I left school and then I got a job at a call center, which I was miserable at. I just didn't like it, but I liked the money. 
So that money provided for me to go party and do things that, you know, were not exactly the best, I, the best uh, uh, things to do at that time. But I started, you know, just pretty much numbing my emotions through alcohol. Uh, I started taking pills while I was drinking alcohol. I was doing hard drugs like cocaine. Uh, I remember this one time, uh, my friend and I, we were doing cocaine for two days straight. And mm-hmm. man, I was really just losing it. I think I was losing my mind at that time because I was just doing drugs, no eating, nothing, just beer, drugs, uh, tequila, smoking yeah. marijuana, all this stuff, man. And it got to the point where I remember sitting in that car with my friend and uh, I took a bump. And in that moment, my, I felt my heart race like never before. And I said, oh, man, mm-hmm. what just happened here? Started panicking. And I felt like I was going to die in that moment. And then I remember telling my friend, yo, man, I can't do this anymore. I got to leave. And he mm-hmm. says, man, if you leave, you better not ever talk to me again, man. Stop being such a punk. I'll give you a PG up in here. And uh, yeah. so then I got in my car. I remember drunk, coked out. I started driving and I was like, man, I started crying, thinking about my mom, thinking about my grandfather. Ali always would tell me, be careful who you're hanging out yeah. with, what you're doing. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember getting uh, to to my apartment because a, a friend of mine told me, go to your house, go to the hospital. I said, I'd rather die than go to the hospital. So I went mm-hmm. to my I went to my house, my apartment. Uh, my friend saw me was like, whoa, like you look dead. Like, are you all mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, I took a I took a cold shower. Thankfully, you know, I survived. Obviously, I'm here. And yeah. um, man, it was just like I was I was uh, the reason why I was doing all these drugs was because I didn't want to deal with my emotions. So I coped with doing drugs, alcohol with, you know, to suppress my emotions. And yeah. another thing that I would do is I would gamble a lot, constantly mm-hmm. gambling and, you know, parlays on the Internet, yeah. going to the casino was an addiction. Yeah. And then also was, uh, you know, a womanizer. I was constantly looking for love in, in women and uh, never being satisfied, you know, because I did not mm-hmm. love myself. I never got that love when I was a kid. My family, they're amazing. They gave me materialistic things. They gave me a roof over my head, but they never gave me that emotional support. Son, I'm happy. Like, you make me proud. I love you. I believe in you. I'm here for you. I never had that. And so I was always constantly looking for it on the outside world, but always felt empty Mm -hmm. on the inside. And, you know, then I was also overeating. I mean, I'm telling you, man, I was in, I was weighing 265 at Mm -hmm. one point in my life. And, you know, food was my comfort. I was constantly eating, binge eating, and that was a big, big struggle for me for many years, man. And then um, what really transformed my life was when I found out I was going to be a dad. I said, man, if I don't take care of myself, who's going to take care of my son? So, you know, I got on a diet, lost 80 pounds, felt in the best shape of my life. And then um, I started listening to a lot of motivational audios you know, like Les Brown. I still remember the first audio that I heard was by Les Brown. And I remember him uh, when I woke up about six in the morning saying, oh my God, here we go again. Another Monday morning, just like, my God, I just don't want to go to work anymore. And then I put on an audio that a friend of mine sent to me. And he said, the first thing he said, he said, many people will leave the universe without a trace and under Mm. their name, you can put not used up. And I said, damn, like, that's me. He's talking Mm. about me. And since that day, I started listening to these audios that completely started to change me as a man. And mm. I started to listen and I could not get enough of this stuff. I was like, what is this stuff? Stuff that I never heard before. And then I said, man, wow, this is this is like the therapist or psychologist I never had. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> it was this this was like something so transformative and it gave me confidence in myself. I said, I am worthy. I am amazing. And 
it, it led me to do something that I've been wanting to do since I was 12 years old, which was stand-up comedy. And mm. I started doing stand-up comedy. I gotta be honest, I really sucked as a comedian when I first got started. <laughs> People, you could hear the crickets, you know, Jiminy Cricket was on my shoulder every night and, uh, and it was just terrible. But, and somebody told me, yo man, like maybe you should join a public speaking club because you kind of suck, like, you should get better. <laughs> and, uh, and so I did, I joined a public, uh, a public speaking club that helped me to gain more confidence. I got better as a comedian, but then I fell in love with motivational speaking. And then uh, I started doing motivational speaking for free, then started getting paid. And then um, eventually I started, I became a life coach. Hey, I want to help people with their goals and their dreams. I've done it so I can help people get through their goals and dreams. And then that's how I got to doing motivational speaking and life coaching. And uh, so kind of like, you know, that's, that was the experience that I had. That was the struggle that I went through. And that's yeah. how I overcame it, man. And it was just, it's been, and it's still a journey, you know, I'm still, you know, working on myself, still growing and uh, still learning, you know? So it's oh, uh, man. been quite the experience for sure. Well, I, you know, first of all, thank you. Thank you. for And, and it, it, you said a lot of things in there that resonated and I just want to appreciate you. And I will tell you um, that Les Brown is um, probably the, the, if I, if I could just name somebody who helped me really get through college, like Les Brown was that man. Like my one of my fraternity brothers gave me a, a VHS tape <laughs> of Les Brown, and I'm pretty sure I watched that thing to the to the to the ribbon disintegrated. I mean, I watched that thing <laughs> nice. weekly, daily, Beautiful. and um, I love what you said. Like, so most people will. Um, Will, will be will be written under their name, not used up, right? They will go to their grave, yeah. not fully reaching their potential, right? And I, I appreciate you for that. And I think it's good to have those reminders. I, I'll never forget that uh, that that tape, that tape, and um, I can I can hear his jokes and his all his sayings and uh, and playing replaying in my mind at times, you know. And I try and sprinkle them on the audience and young people who I work with of like. Man, if you could just if you could just see through it, if you could just see through what you're going through right now, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. thank you for that, man. And I, yeah, sure. and you know, and I think that uh, one thing I'm excited about is that you know I appreciate you being really transparent. And I think that sometimes you know those stories for some people, like the woman who found inspiration in your story to then share about her children and what they were going through, right? To to recognize that. If she if she could if she recognized that she could do something possibly right now different that could let them find a way out like you found a way out right because sometimes parents think that because they've did the best they could that there's no more they can do but sometimes it's, it's just like trying new things it's doing things from a different angle it's mm -hmm. just trusting that the seeds you planted that uh, whatever your the belief you believe whatever higher power that you have um, you hold on to is that they're going to water those seeds and at the right time, those seeds are going to get sprouted. But we know that, you know, sometimes um, it doesn't happen. And, we, and I'm thankful for thankful that you did find your way in that conversation that you've said, I got to go. And how many people out there have gotten out of the car when their friends mm -hmm. were heading on down, 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 downhill fast, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. With no brakes and you saw it. And you found your way out of the car, and so I, uh, I appreciate you for for having the courage because that peer pressure is powerful. We tell we tell parents in our work and our definitely teachers that you know um, influence is subtle and is powerful. 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like people are not going to drive you off track. They're not just going to make you mm-hmm. addicted to drugs. They're going to be like, hey, hey, you want to hang out with us? Hey, you want to try some of that? Hey, we got to give you some of that. Hey, and it becomes subtle and powerful. And you look up, you're like, what the heck is happening here? Mm-hmm. How did I end up here? I was a good kid. I was in in in, in good spirits. I was good a good person. Yep. And now I'm in a place that I didn't plan to be in, right? And it was because you didn't see it coming. Sometimes you didn't even know it was it was coming towards you, you know. Mm-hmm. So, man, you know, I I think without even having seen the mask, we we're already in the mask, and so <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it because I imagine it's only just going to add value to the rest of this conversation. And so, um, we we invite the guests to decide: Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, and then and then we'll do the mask and and I think the conversation is which is already <laughs> fully engaged. Uh, it's yeah. gonna keep going from there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll share first. That's cool. You wanna go first? Okay. Yeah. So just do the front, and then um, I'll do the front, and then you do the back, and then the back. Okay. We'll do it like that. Cool. Yeah. Let or me, if you feel called me, to do me, both. Oh, no, that's cool. I can I can just let me just cover the the back here. So, okay. Because right I got them in the front and like. So right yeah, here, yeah, there you yeah. go. So I got the 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 front is uh, positive, energetic, and um, hardworking. Mm. So you know, a lot of people see me as a as a as a positive person. I'm always putting out content out there, you know, to help out people. When I see people, I greet them, you know, with a smile, with some energy, and yeah, and energetic. You know, I I I mean, I get energy just by helping people, motivating people, and you know, hardworking. Uh, I uh, I just love what I do. So it's yeah. not even work. You know, I just, I just feel like this is something that is just comes so easy because I love it so much, yeah. man. I'm just excited to wake up and be like, man, I get to do this. Like, I'm so thrilled to just be able to speak and coach people. And I mean, I'm just living in my purpose, man. So when you find that purpose, when you find that love, what you love to do, man, mm. it's just so amazing to wake up every day and just be excited. I'm just so grateful for that. We beautiful, man. Beautiful. All right. So I'm going to, I was going to try, I have a card here too. So I'm going to just fold mine back and I'm going to, this is, uh, <clears throat> this is the front. So the words are all written in different directions. So passionate and caring and hardworking. Nice. <laughs> so passionate, caring, and hardworking um, are the three that I chose. And, and, and I think that, the one I'll speak about, um, maybe it's people hardworking today, or maybe it's about passion. I'm not sure. Um, the one that's standing out to me right now is probably hardworking because you also said hardworking. And I think what I found is that um, I'm super like passionate. Being very passionate about the work I do makes me work so hard, um, and it doesn't feel like work until it feels like work, right? Mm-hmm. And it all, and it often happens when I <laughs> find myself like not taking care of myself enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that people um, talk a lot about self-care and I think that self-care sounds really good and sounds really um, like a good thing to do. And it is, but it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to slow down enough and figure out if you take your foot off the gas, that things will still be moving forward. And it takes, sometimes it takes a lot of, 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 of thought to be like, but the only reason I got here is because I've been working this hard and maybe just learning how to work smarter too, right? Like what does it yes. mean to to work smart? I, I'm positive that I 
um, charge this bad boy up so much more than I ever charged myself up. Mm, like yeah, I mean, this thing yeah, gets to yeah. uh, you know a half a <laughs> half a bar, and I'm like looking for a club. I gotta plug this thing in. I gotta plug this thing in, and yeah. I will be running on fumes. My personal self, I would be. I can feel fumes, barely letting me kind of keep moving. Like you know, being falling asleep on the, on the freeway, right? Like silly stuff. Like what are you doing? Like mm-hmm. you would never let that happen to. I would never let that happen to my phone. Like when it happens, I mean, I get 20% and I'm like freaking out looking for like, you know what I'm saying? Like just the the amount of energy I put to charge a device and I don't mm. do it to myself makes it sometimes wild. And I, and I, and, and, and because I'm so passionate about it and it doesn't feel like work, all those things are true. And also I think it's important for me to be mindful of, okay, where, where, where does the serving others begin not to be a service of yourself mm. not to to be a, a you know the word passionate the root word passionate i just recently learned about this um the the root word is suffering <laughs> mm-hmm. the root word of passion is suffering and pain because wow. the other side of that suffering and pain to go after what you're passionate about is gonna bring on some suffering and pain yep, yep but absolutely. but but the other side of it is this thing that comes helps you come alive, right? Yep. And I think that most people probably, I don't say probably, but I would, I'll use probably as a qualifier, probably yeah. don't go after what they're passionate about because of the suffering that it may take. It may be a financial suffering that you're going to do what you're passionate about, but you're not going to make the money that you believe you want to make or that you mm-hmm. feel you should make. Yep. Uh, maybe it's going to be an emotional suffering where you're going to have to fight against the systems that are at play in our world. Maybe it's yep. going to be a familial pain where you're passionate about something, but your fa- parents are telling you because you have this last name or because you are part of this family, you have to do X, Y, Z. And I think that sometimes that is a detriment to um, a young person's ability to be their own individual selves. Absolutely. Um, and it's also, you know, I'm clear that no one has no one made me leave engineering to become a teacher. Mm-hmm. But I remember, I remember the internal fight it was to be like, oh. why would you do that? Can't why would imagine. you sacrifice that? So <laughs> anyway, that's the front. That's the front. I, 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 yeah, that was pretty. Um, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, yeah, front. for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I love what you talked about self-care, man. And I know for me, self-care was something that uh, I struggled with for, for many years. And when I when I uh, started doing my morning ritual, which um, I actually even wrote, I was so inspired by my morning ritual and how much it impacted my life that I even wrote a book about it called Morning Warrior Secrets. And nice. that that uh, that morning ritual, man, is just me time. And you know, some people think I'm crazy because what I like the way that I do it because I go to sleep yeah. early, so I go to sleep like at seven forty five, seven fifty, but then I wake up at 245, which a lot of people are like, you're crazy. And uh, maybe I am crazy, but uh, I'm crazy from about myself. But, you know, from 245 until 5am, that's when I take care of myself. That's when I do my yoga. That's when I do my uh, working out. That's when I take my cold showers. That's when I meditate. That's when I journal. And um, that's how I get my morning started to make sure that I'm taking care of me. And I also wake up that early because my kids, man, they were, they were up like at six. So I got to make that time, you know, and and uh, and uh, so but but I mean, I get my sleep, you know, I get my seven hours of sleep that I need. But then those two hours is just me time. And then, you know, from 
from five to six, I do a little bit of work, six to eight, I take care of my family, eight to like maybe four or five, that's when I do my work. And then the rest of the day is just family. So I really am a big believer in self-care. Like I, I take naps every day for 20, 25 minutes every day. Like I gotta take my nap, you know, it may sound like an old man, but bro, it has helped me out tremendously. Um, thankfully, you know, thank God I haven't gotten really like sick, honestly, in the past mm. few years, because I know when my body's tired and I know that I need to take a nap. It's time. It's nap time. You know, it's like, get, get out of this work, go take a nap. You know, 25 minutes is not going to kill you. And it's so important that self-care because, you know, like a great mentor of mine told me, he said, it's always you first, <clears throat> family second business third community fourth because if you're not taking care of you cannot take care of family business or the community at 100 percent. and that really mm. stuck with me for so many i even put it in the book because i was like yes it's me first you know it's like put on you that mask first in the airplane yeah, type of thing that's right take care of you first so for me it's helped me out tremendously to make sure that i am taking care of myself because um I'm important. I'm the most important person in my life. As selfish as that sounds, yeah, I am the most important because once I break down, everything else will fall apart. So, um, it's it's been it's been it it was a challenge, man. But I made it's that discipline that I had to like have in my life to make sure that that self care comes first at all times. And mm. even when my kids, you know, I'm having like a I'm trying to, I'm starting to get upset and angry, and I'm like, you know what? I need to go for a walk or I need mm. to take a nap or I need yeah. to eat or whatever. I'm like a baby, you know, it's like either I'm angry or I'm frustrated, <laughs> whatever. I'm going to go take that nap. You know what, man? Like you guys are really, you know, I'm, I'm going to go crazy. So I'm going to go take care of myself first because then I'm going to go off on you. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> I want to go off on you, man. You know, I want my ghetto side to get, get go come out of here. <laughs> And, and I imagine it's really powerful that you know that part of yourself, right? How many people who don't know that part of themselves and they all of a sudden find themselves flying off the handle and then trying to apologize at the end, right? Like, oh, I'm so sorry. I should have, should have, could have, would have, you know, like I didn't mean it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And knowing that it's like, oh, I, I didn't even, I don't even know my, my fail safe when it's like, oh, this, this, my current level of resources to restrain me from acting in a way that doesn't fall in line with my values is about yeah. to break and I don't <laughs> even know it, but to know it's like, Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Oh yeah. I'm feeling, I'm feeling something. Okay. I'm feeling activated right now. I'm feeling activated. Let me, um, let me go take a, let me take a breath. Let me go take a breath. Let me take a walk. Let me go get a cup mm -hmm. of, a, a, a cup of tea, drink, coffee, whatever I need to do to go reju rejuvenate. Well, you know, and I think that's really powerful. Um, Man, let's let's do the back. Let's go to the back. I think okay. we're, uh, I, I think that we're. I have a feeling that this is about to take off to another level. But yeah, yeah let's, for sure. uh, so for uh, the back of my mask, I put shame, anxiety, self doubt, and guilt. Actually, I put four. Mm, but man. so for me, uh, shame has something is something that I've been uh, getting better at. But mm. from time to time, I do have that shame of my past that shows up yeah. from time to time because I did a lot of shameful things that, um, you know, uh, I have shared some of my stuff, but then there's still some stuff that, you know, I still struggle with. I have shame about, you know, certain family. Uh, I have shame about myself, things that I've done. I was like, I can't believe I did that. Like, how yeah. could I? 
And, uh, and of course, you know, it's somebody that I, I used to be that, you know, it's like, it's like that. There's a song that says, don't let the past define what you are not now. Mm. And, and it's yeah. so true because I'm not, I'm no longer that, that person that did those shameful things. Yeah. And, yeah. um, the shame man is, is, is like, has been such a big, uh, you know, just, it would paralyze me sometimes from taking action. But now, you know, I, I bring the awareness to mm. wait, stop and then say, Hey, you're just a thought later. Mm. You're not my thoughts. I'm not your, I'm not my thoughts. Yeah. I'm greater than that. Yeah. I am worthy. I'm amazing. Right. And, uh, and you know, I am both. And I, I have to stop thinking about my, my fears because that's selfish, you know, so I have to start thinking about the people I will serve by overcoming this thought was just a thought of shame. So shame has been, you know, a big, has played a big thing in my life and it comes, shows up from time to time. But, you know, I, I've learned with all these tools that I have to overcome that shame by grabbing, and I call it the judge. It's the, the judge that shows up mm. and taps me in the shoulder and says, who do you think you are? And I'm like, oh, snap. oh yeah, you, I remember you. And the judge is a thought. So I separate yeah. myself, Andres Ruiz, the amazing motivational speaker and coach. I set myself, I separate myself from that thought, which is the judge. And I, I actually gave him a name. I don't want to yeah. call, I don't want to say what the name is because you know it's a little bit, <laughs> it's a little X-rated, you know. So um I let's just say that I call let's just say I call him Bob. You know, we call a few PG. I'll call him Bob. And I tell Bob, wait, Bob, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a thought. You're you're just a thought. So let Bob get up out of here and let it go. And so mm. that is something that I, I do a lot with my clients is where I tell yeah. them, you know, what are we going to name your judge? What is the name mm. of your judge? And, you know, when he mm. shows up knocking on your door and telling you, hey, you're no good, you're worthless. That's right. Remember, you're not your thoughts. And so that helped me out tremendously. The, the next one is anxiety. Uh, sometimes mm. I do deal with anxiety where my thoughts, again, they, they get out of control. I have sometimes yeah. that catastrophic thinking where I'm thinking, Wait, why aren't they answering? Like, what are they dead? I'm like, oh, wait, well, hold up, hold up, hold up. They probably went to a grocery store. Cognitive mm. reframing, you know, yeah. reframe that thought, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and because many times we assume that, you know, maybe, and I use this, uh, this with the kids, is like, have any of you ever sent a TikTok, Snapchat message to somebody, and then they don't respond to you, and then they read the message, and then later on you see this person, and you're like, Hey man, why didn't you respond to my message? I saw that you read the message and they're like, Ooh, I forgot to hit send or my phone died. My bad. You know? And so mm. I tell them, tell yourself, you know what? Maybe they're busy. Maybe they forgot yeah. to hit send. You're going to feel a lot yeah. better if you do that. Because when we tell ourselves that lie, we're like feeling anxious. Oh my God, did they get into a car accident? Why are they rejecting me? Oh my God. Like, do they not like me anymore? Oh my God. Like we get anxious, yeah. but that cognitive reframing is so powerful. And when I speak to like middle schoolers, just so that they can understand it a little bit better, I tell them, yeah. you know, let's say your thoughts are like, let's say there's a, there's a, there's their jelly bellies, you know, let's say that you have a strawberry grape, whichever flavor you like. And then there's that booger flavor. And <laughs> you tell yourself, you know what, if you're eating that booger flavor jelly belly, what are you going to do? And they're like, I just spit it out. And I'm like, yeah. So what do you do with the booger flavor thought? I spit it out. <laughs> Boom. Magic. Uh... You can do that. Just just eliminate it just like that um so i always like to use like little analogies that are a little bit simple you know if you, you say booger it's funny because kids are like this they're like uh booger it catches them off guard especially even to the ones that don't pay attention you know it's like oh, 
What did he just say? What did he just say? Did, say did, anybody, hear, did anybody hear what he just said? I wasn't paying no. attention. Like, was he talking about boogers? Why are you talking to me? I eat my boogers, you know, what's going on? <laughs> no. uh, so, yeah, so just like anxiety, uh, also self-doubt. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, you know, with my coach, uh, mm. just having my weekly sessions with my coach has helped me out tremendously to overcome these the self-doubt because, yeah. you know, having that conversation with that person and just wording everything that I, I'm thinking, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Oh my God, really? This, this self-doubt and just kind of like venting and just talking to my coach has helped me out tremendously. Um, yeah. But, you know, self-doubt has been a, a big one for my clients and I help them out a lot. And by help me helping them out, it helps me. I'm like, I'm coaching you, but you don't even know I'm coaching myself, man. So yeah. this helps me out. And then, uh, and then guilt, uh, guilt sometimes, you know, with, with family, you know, sometimes I, I got a lot of work that I'm doing to a lot of events. I'm doing a lot and I'm yeah. not spending time with my yeah. kids and I'm like my wife. And so that's the guilt that I get uh, from myself. Like sometimes uh, I used to think I should be with my family when I'm working. And then when I'm with my family, I'm thinking I should be working. And I'm like, mm. wait, wait, wait. So I had to start and learn that family time is family time. Yeah. Work stays, that, that phone stays in the damn uh, office. It's not going to come out with me. And then when when I'm at my work, my family's like, yo, like you you need to get out of my office because not in that way. It's not, <laughs> but, you know, you got to go. I'm working right now. I'll see you in a bit. <laughs> and that's it. So, so yeah. Those are the, yeah, those are the struggles that I have, man. I mean, I and thankfully with all these tools and the people around me, you know, it helps me to overcome them whenever I'm dealing with these challenges. Yeah. Oh, man. So powerful, man. And I, and I think, you know, a lot of resonance there too. I'm going to, um, thank you. First of all, thank you for sharing that. And thank yeah, you for, yeah. um, uh, there's a couple of them in there that are, that are resonating. And you're going to see right here why. So here's the back of mine, <laughs> uh, worry, fear, and let's see, here we go. Worry, self-doubt. fear, self-doubt. And, um, like I sometimes have to like, just keep looking at these. Like I sometimes, uh, there's this activity that I just did in, in the woods where it was asking you to like, um, what things of yourself need to die, need to go away, need to be removed, need to be eliminated from your vocabulary, from your behavior, from your, your thoughts, your, your attitudes, your ideas, yeah. like plucking that, that negative idea out and being like, Hmm, what's happening? Like I think uh, comfort eating and eating a food addiction is one of mine. And when you spoke about it earlier, I was like, yep, that's mine too. Mm-hmm. Self-doubt. Yeah. yeah, that's one of mine too. The the shame of like, um, I, I made a bad decision as opposed to I'm a bad person. Mm-hmm. Um, those, those, the juxtaposition between that, yeah, I've done a lot of dumb stuff as a, youngster growing up and a teenager and a, you know, young adult with limited information, working off of a, a pattern that was flawed, right? Working off of, of an idea, set of ideas, mm-hmm. like the, 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 the blueprint of, of, of messages that started when I was younger. Right. Yeah. And I think the fear, when I think about fear, I think like lately, um, I, I remember a time in my life where I was, operating more fearless than I do kind of today, right? Where I would be like, like not worried about nothing, not worried about nothing. (laughs) Like, and now with 
with with some of the craziness happening in our world, sometimes I'm worried about getting gas at night. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like so many things. If I'm not careful, I can let all these things I see happening around the world, which are happening, which could happen to me, but I can let them direct my my journey. Right? Like. Like seeing some guy in Oakland the other day getting gas, some you know folks try to come and rob him. Then he he gets shot. Somebody else gets shot. Like it's like I don't want to get gas at night anymore. You know, I was like, and so now I'm like going getting I'm you know close to E, and I'm like, uh, should I get, where can I get gas that I'm not gonna be like like like. If it's coming for you, it's coming for you, right? That's what I think, right? Yeah. I mean, there's some ways of being mindful about where you are and where you put yourself in the environment you're in. But but I live in Oakland. That's This is my city, right? It's not like I'm going to drive to Beverly Hills to get gas so I can not be in a dangerous place. Like, this is where I, this is where my home is, you know? And I think if I'm not careful, I can let fear guide me. And mm-hmm. fear has. fear. I think when I think about that kind of fear, how fear guides me in that way, it can also guide me. And not posting a video I make because I'm worried about what people are gonna think. Right? Who who you think you are? When you mm-hmm. talked about the like who the critic, the inner critic. Right? I call him the inner critic. Right? You called him the what you call him the, the uh, judge. <laughs> the judge. Right? The inner critic was like, man, look at that background. That background looks so jacked up. Why are you? Why are you? Why are you, don't post that video? Don't post that video, man. People are gonna be laughing. Man, <laughs> man dude, you you look at your hair. One of your locks is sticking out to the side. You can't post that <laughs> video right there. Like, like I can find, I can find an inch on this whole screen right there in the corner. Look at that. The light is peeking through in the corner right there. Don't, don't post that video. And I, I made it with the intent that it was going to help somebody. It was going to serve somebody well. And I have hundreds of videos on my phone that are still in my phone. Oh, man. Hundreds. Yep. Like That's... hundreds. Like plural. Like hun- <laughs> multiple hundreds of videos that still are in my phone. And now I'm like, well, I made that video when I was a little bit skinnier. So I can't post that video now because I'm not I'm not that I'm not that thin anymore. Like yeah. what? Oh, yeah. I had less grays in my beard. People are gonna know that's an old video. You can't post an old video. Like that, yeah. like it will say whatever mm-hmm. it needs to say. Absolutely. Because it because it knows me well enough. It knows what would keep me from letting my light shine. And mm-hmm. oftentimes I, find, I wonder, okay. And so I think, you know, I'm, I'm in a new phase in a journey, right? Cause I'm more aware of it now when it happens, I'm like, Hmm, oh, what's mm-hmm. happening? Oh no, I can't post this video. I, I was, I was shaking. My arm was shaking while I was making this little selfie video. Like it's too wobbly a little bit. And I have like done that over and over again. I'm like, okay, Shanti, who, who loses out? That one person who could have been served, who misses out? Wow. Well, that that community who you could have helped, who misses out? That young person who was looking at your stuff and hoping that you were going to say something that was going to help push them out of the, the rut they were in. Wow. And I think yeah. that's that's been my journey, and that's my current journey. It's not it's not a journey that is over. Self-doubt and fear and worry, those are um, – I when you talked about earlier, the book you wrote, I was talking about the um, – uh, what did you what I wrote it, the name of it? The – uh, what do you call it? Morning Warrior book, right? Morning Warrior. Morning Warrior right? Secrets, yeah. Uh-huh. Morning Warrior Secrets. I, 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 when I wrote Worry, I really wanted to write Warrior, mm. right? Am I going to be a warrior? Or am I going to be a warrior, Ooh. right? Ooh. And I think the difference between being a warrior and a Ooh. warrior, Good stuff. it's a different context, right? And I think uh, that's something that I'm really going to be spending, putting more energy towards is every time I see the war, the warrior coming, I'm about to just find the warrior to be like, yeah. you got to go. 
You gotta go. You gotta go. And it's like, like I look at it. Oh, see, I see, I see you warrior. I see you. What's the war, what's the warrior gonna say? What's the warrior gonna say? Man, now the, now the warrior doesn't need to show up all the time. But hey, he better. He hopefully he has some a good balance between how much you're letting the, the warrior lead the, the lead the show. You know, man, that's and, so uh, powerful, man. Uh, I love that so much. And when you said uh, about like if I don't post this content, like who's missing out? Uh, that that reminds me of this one time when uh, uh, this was when I barely was starting speaking and I was going to speak to 500 kids and I was like nervous. And I was like, oh, man, they're going to judge me. They're going to talk about me like it's so like, I don't know if I can do this. I was actually going to go back home. And then uh, I call my coach and then he's like, stop being so selfish and thinking about your fears and start thinking about the people you're going to serve. And mm. that right there was just like my fears went away. I went out there and I gave that presentation, man. And I talked about my experience with suicidal thoughts and cutting. And then um, I remember when I was leaving, there was this young girl that came up to me and she was like, hey, mister, like, you know, um, thank you so much. You know, I really appreciate what you talked about. I felt like I was alone. And uh, and now I feel like, you know, I, I can talk about this. And she said, I've been to eight psychiatric homes, five different foster homes. My family's in Michigan and I was going to kill myself tomorrow. And mm. when she said those words, I said, oh, my God, like, man, what if I would have not followed mm. through and thought about my fears and not about the people that I was going to serve? What if this girl would have been dead? And I remember that that day, you know, we took her to the counselor and she got some help. And yeah. I was like, man, this is why I'm here. And, and uh, I remember Mark Twain saying the two most important days are the day you were born and the day you found out why. And that day I found out why I was born and why I was put on this earth is to save lives. And yeah. it's just been such like every time I'm, fear tries to kick me in the butt, I'm like, no, stop, stop thinking about your fears, start serving people. Um, yeah. Even if you got like, even if you see the video afterwards and you got like some kale in your, in your teeth, which, which your cousin will, will call you out and be like, Hey, cause like you, you got some, I'll say stuff in your teeth you know did you see i'm like oh. and then i even had to work through that and i said just leave it i even made content about that i talked about how uh somebody that i know noticed that i had i actually made content out of it i said somebody was calling me out on my kale and i said but you know what this message is more important than the kale in my teeth so um so yeah man i just i just talked about uh, i just i even made it a content i said i made fun of it too and, and uh but <laughs> Yeah, man, that kale, man. It's like just. Oh, oh man. man, that was a that was a sign that I'm working on my health too. I'm working on my health. It was just reminding you, Let's right? Go, yeah, Let's yeah, go. Absolutely. Oh my absolutely. gosh. You know, thank you for the for sharing the story, and I think that you know one of the we just did a workshop in Ohio last week, and um, what I what I saw in the audience, um, these freshman students who. You know, if you imagine any high school freshman this year, they haven't had a normal year of school since they were in the sixth grade. So some of them are just extended middle schoolers socially. Now, age wise, they're a high schooler, maybe even academically wise. If they took care of all their work, they're a high school student. But social wise, they've had stunted years of development because of what we've been through as a as a as a as a, as a war in the world and definitely as a country. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. And so I was with these freshmen and uh, there's these two young men who they were doing this one activity where they were connecting. And uh, and I could tell that they were at some point like you could just I, I you know, I'm looking at the whole room. There's a you know auditorium. But I see these two and I feel like something said, just go over there. And I just mm -hmm. went over and I said, 
hey, how's it going? How's it, how's it going? And they were like, um, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to say? And I was like, well, you know, the activity was inviting them to share something about themselves uh, that the other person wouldn't know by looking at them. And he's like, well, and he just kind of like stayed silent. He was like, almost like I could hear it see it in his face. He's like, I, I can't, I can't tell him nothing. Right. Like, and I think in that moment, what I saw in him and I said, oh, okay, let me, let me, let's start over. Let's try something different then. I mean, is this your friend? He was like, yeah. I said, oh, imagine that. I said, imagine you're having a hard time sharing something with your friend, right? Why, why, why is it so hard? Can you share why it's so hard? And he's like, yeah, I just don't know. I mean, we don't, we don't talk about stuff like that. Mm. And I was like, yeah. yeah man. And I asked his friend, I said, right, do you got some stuff that you don't talk about with him? He was like, yeah. And I said, imagine that you two are friends, but your relationship is built on the story that you've designed from each other. And there's so much more beneath the surface that neither one of you know about each other. Mm. And maybe you today you're not ready for to take the friendship to that next level. But, but what if you had somebody in your life who you could like trust that they could handle that you were going through real stuff too? At least right now you just both know that you're both going through some stuff that you can't even talk about. Yeah. Like I, I I honor you for just being willing to say that. Nice. Because nice. I think that oftentimes even now with those two, but like what we try and tell our stories, and when we tell our stories, like we've had a lot of practice in our adulthood, right? But when we get the young ones who are like in it, sometimes it feels un, in, like unsurmountable that they could ever talk about that thing mm -hmm. or they could ever mm -hmm. like that person would understand. Right. And I think for me, as always, just making sure that they know that I see them, that I see you nice. and whatever, whether you share anything or nothing like I see you, you're valuable, you're important. And I'm ultimately want you to do. I want you to know that um, my goal is to support you from this point forward, you know. Nice. So that was beautiful, man. Thanks for sharing that. And that's so powerful to just have bring the awareness to them that, yo, yeah, why don't I talk about this? So, you know, just that's the first step, which is a huge step to bring the awareness. And I think the awareness is where it's at. And you brought that awareness to these young gentlemen where, wait, this is my homie. Like, why aren't we talking about it? Like, huh, you, you planted a seed that really got them thinking. And who knows, maybe they already shared uh, you know, what they wanted to share. So that's really, that's, right. whew, that's so good, man. Good stuff. Yeah, man. Love that. Well, you know, man, I, I'm so thankful. I think this, you know, these conversations are, are powerful in lots of ways, but definitely in the way that you and I get to know, I learned a lot more about you today. I learned a lot more about, about your journey. And, um, you know, I've always, ever since I first saw your, your video, I think I reached out to you because you had a, you had a lapel mic that was super cool. You had the camera put on the corner over there and you were like, and then you were like, I was like, how'd you, how, how, what microphone did you use? Like you, your camera was on the other side of the room and you're like, oh, I bought this. And I remember that conversation kind of led, I was watching you when you were in the basement or somewhere talking to some students, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think um, I, I've been just watching you and, and your growth and your work and thank you for the work you're thank doing you. and continue yeah, to do. Thank you, man. Thank you too, brother. Like, I appreciate you, man. Like for real, it's, it's a, so cool to connect with somebody that, you know, I've, I've known you for a few years now, quite, but, but, you know, we've only talked here and there, but I feel like when we talk, we jam, like we've known each other for, for years, man, you know, and it's, a, it's so cool to have that, uh, that person in my life. So I'm really grateful for you, man. Well, thank you, brother. And, you know, as we close, I just want to, maybe the, maybe one question I will ask is just, um, at, for your younger self, for, for your younger self, because I work as with middle school and high school students and, you know, 
Like sometimes we see young people who are going through stuff and they're not talking about it. Like just if, if you if you've thought about this part, what is something that someone could have said, could have done, could have asked you that would have maybe helped you earlier, right? Like what like what is like if some if someone noticed something with you, maybe what is something that you wanted somebody to ask or say or like, were you looking for that when you were in that in, in, in high school, middle school age, when you were feeling those times of struggle? Because I think that our work, we're trying to really figure out how do we start earlier helping. We can see some of the things. We can see them as a, a teacher, as a, as an adult. We see it on the outside. But if the person says, I'm fine, then you, you either just pressure them or you back off and say, okay, well, you say you're fine. Okay, I trust you. But, but do you, can you think of anything somebody could have done or said or what could have been a tool somebody could have used with you to help you see yourself more or to see that they saw you? Do you have anything, any thoughts around that? Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a powerful question. And when, when I'm thinking about my younger self, because at, at that young age, I was just really blocked out to listening to, to people. And um, I think if it would have been more of like letting me just express myself in a, in a safe space, but uh, you know, time at times, like the mentors that I had at that time, they did give me a lot of great advice, but I just wasn't receptive to it. But they would say it in a way that was like, this is what you should do as opposed to this is what I did or this is what I went through. If I would have had somebody just tell me uh, their story and just share what they were struggling with, I would have been like, yo, like I'm going through that because I see the younger the younger kids when I tell my story and stuff. They go up to me like, hey, mister, can I talk to you? Like, you know, what you're talking about, I'm going through that right now. How, yeah. Like, I feel like I connect with you. And, well, yeah, man, because I went through that too, you know? Like, I know how it feels. And and so if I, if somebody would have just shared their experience as opposed to said, hey, you know, this is what you should be doing because this is what winners. And, and I'm like, Eesh. you know what? Mm. You, just, you lost me already, bro. Like, I'm That's not going to talk to you. So, yeah, mm. just That's having it. somebody that was vulnerable and authentic Instead of saying that somebody that, you know, hey, well, I'm a man, you know, man up, you know, you got to that if if I would have had somebody that would have said, yo, man, and I do that with my kids, I, I tell yeah. them, you know, I cry, I've cried in front of them. And yeah. uh, the first time that my son saw me crying, he was like, he was saying, why, why? and then later on, he told me, dad, can I tell you something? And I'm like, yeah, what's up? I saw you crying. And I'm like, yeah, I was sad. You know, my cousin died. I was really yeah. sad. And it's okay to cry, you know, like, and he said, okay. And he just went running and, but <laughs> just showing him that example, you know, it's just yeah. always good. And I've cried a few times in front of him yeah. and just letting them know, Hey, it's all right, man. You can cry. Yeah. So yeah, it just, the example is what I needed. That's what yeah. I have. Mm, that's so huge. And thank you. Thank you for doing that for him, for him to know that, okay, it can happen and it's real and it's human and it doesn't make me less than, right? Yeah. Um, to, to, to know that when I feel it, it's a human feeling and it's not a, it's not a gender feeling. It's a feeling. Humans feel and we need to navigate those feelings in healthy ways. So, brother Andres, I want to so appreciate you, man. Look, tell folks how they can either follow you to, if you got something coming up soon that you want people to check out, like what are ways people would get in touch with you um, yeah. If they're inspired by the kind of work you're doing and uh, they want to be coached by you or whatever that looks like, will you just share folks? Yeah, um, for how sure. They can get in touch with you. Yeah. So you can check me out on Facebook, Andres Ruiz. You can just look me up. You can send me a friend request and um, you can also just uh, 
uh, and actually this uh, in January, I'm launching my third coaching academy. It's called Legacy Coaching Academy, where I teach coaches or those to as who aspire to be coaches. I teach them how to coach. I teach them how to uh, make money, get clients and, you know, uh, make an impact in people's lives and while making an income. So I'm going to be launching that. That's the third one that I'm launching. And I'm really excited about it to help people. Uh, and uh, yeah, and you can also send me an email at I believe C-A-L at gmail.com. You can also check out my website at I believe in myself.org. And uh, if you know, and, and just as a gift to any of your uh, audience members, if they're interested in a free 30 minute consultation, I would love to give that to them. Awesome. And uh, so I can show them how to create a strategy for that big vision that they desire so that they can also take the action so that they can believe in themselves and uh, pursue that goal, that dream so that they can find their life's purpose and leave a legacy behind. So if you're interested, I would love to give that to you. And uh, I, so I can show you how I can help you get to that purpose that you know in your heart is calling for you. So yeah, that's pretty much it, man. That's fantastic, man. So folks, we're at the end of the year, end of 2021. Maybe you got some goals you got planned for 2022. Take them up on that opportunity. We'll put the link in the show notes so that you can find that easily. And Andres, again, thank you, brother, for being here with us. Thank Thanks you. for making time. And I look forward to even more conversations in the future. For sure. Um, and thank you for being a part. Any of you out there who want to make a mask, you can do that at 100kmasks.com, 100kmasks.com. And we look forward to you being a part of the journey. Thank you for being uh, tuning in today for taking off the mask podcast. Uh, with my friend here, Andres Ruiz. Take care, brother. See you Thank soon. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Taking Off the Mess podcast is produced by Ryan Louie. Editing videography is also by Ryan Louie. Graphics by Kelly Wong. And a special thanks to the team at Ever Forward, Vanessa Cortez and Kevin Romero. I'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast. As we hit this one-year anniversary, we hope that everyone who's been a part knows that they're a part of the Taking Off the Mask experience. And we look forward to you being a part of it as well. If you liked what you heard today, please like, subscribe, and share. And we look forward to us continuing to offer conversations that matter. Take care. See you soon.